What's up, gang? Welcome to episode 119 of the Base Free Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, before we get into things today, I've got two things I want to share with you. Uh, I've got a discount code for anybody who wants to try the, uh, the supplement that I've been trying, the supplement uh, that Sarah Sigmund's daughter uses, actually. That's not why I use it. I use it because um, someone was very kind and gave me a sample of it, and I thought it was a really great supplement. It's a training supplement, but I also have just grown to enjoy taste drinking it through the day um if i feel like i need some nutrients so sometimes you just feel like you need to eat some vegetables this doesn't have any vegetables in it but it just it's quite i know it just feels like it's replenished you um but it is a pre-training supplement um it doesn't taste amazing not everyone thinks it's amazing i don't mind the taste at all but your first initial taste is a bit of a setback and you're I think that's a good thing because there's zero additives in it. Um, and the supplement is called Unbroken. And they're effervescent tablets that you can dissolve into water and take pre-training. Um, they've got uh, RTR, which is real-time recovery protocols or real-time recovery, I guess you'd call it technology or, or how, whatever you'd refer to the to a supplement as. Um, but basically the concept is, is that this is a, a protein source and a, a vitamin and mineral source that the body can absorb 100% of um, really quickly because of what it's made of and what it is made of is fish. So yeah, it's made of 100% Norwegian salmon, um, hydro, hydrolyzed Norwegian salmon. Um, and you can get a 15% discount if you use the code BASE15 on checkout um i would not talk about a supplement and try and push a supplement or even bring a supplement up on social media or on my podcast if i didn't think it was awesome and if i didn't use it and i have been using this for a couple of weeks now and i've pushed it to a bunch of other people because i think it's a really cool supplement so if you want to go and check that out basically 15 can get you uh base 15 can get you a discount and the last thing before we get into the show is next week we've got a throwdown. This is the first time we've done throwdowns. I've opened it up to other gyms. So this is not just for base three members. This is for the whole of the UA fitness community. Uh, there are cash prizes for, uh, for prizes. And uh, there are a bunch of cool event sponsors. Unbroken's a sponsor. My physio's a sponsor. Uh, Matter Nutrition's a sponsor. There'll be a bunch of people down uh, on the day and giving out prizes. So make sure you get signed up for that. The link to all the stuff I've just spoke about can be in the bios of our social media pages and in the show notes to uh, to this episode as well. Or you can just give me a message if you want any more information about those. Uh, this episode, 119, was joined by Asher. Um, I always really enjoy talking to Asher. It's always really interesting conversation whenever I speak to her and she always blows my mind with something or shares something with me which I didn't know or that I have come to learn more about through the conversation so I always really enjoy these conversations this one we're speaking about uh, movement and and the concept of understanding which muscles should be doing the right job before knowing what the movement should feel like so in order for you to feel or to deadlift properly was the example we use in order to be able to deadlift properly you first need to know what muscles should be doing the right job so we talked about how doing exercises that um, mimic the feeling of what we want your glutes to feel like whilst you're doing a deadlift with things like bridges or ball flips and things like that can give you, uh, it's easier for you to rely on those and to recall those when you're doing the deadlift. So we want your glutes to work when you're doing a deadlift. So you practice doing glute bridges so that your glutes work 
and you know what that feeling is it's familiar so you can use it when you're doing your deadlift that was a really really simple way of explaining she obviously does a much better job of explaining it we speak about that and give a couple of examples of that and how you can use that in your training uh, and just kind of where she's at with her training at the moment and what she's been doing with the people she's been working with but yeah always a great conversation Vasha um, so I'll leave you guys to go and enjoy episode 119 uh, with me and Asha What's up, gang? Welcome to Base Free Podcast, episode 19. I'm sat here with the lovely Asha. How are you doing, Asha? Very good, thank you. How are you, Craig? I'm fantastic, thank you. It's been a while since we've done one of these. Yes, I just said before you switch off the microphones that I feel a little bit rusty, so sorry for that, but I hope the conversation is going to go smooth. Oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm the same. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've done one, so yeah. well, since I've done one. And it's always, you, you feel very calm until it's like, okay, we're live and like, oh. Yeah, that's, that's literally that. I, I even didn't think about a lot about the podcast because I'm going to talk about things I talk on a daily basis, so I don't need to really prepare myself. Even better. But literally the moment I walk into your room, I'm like, oh. Oh, no. Crap. <laughs> it's I'm like, do I still remember what I want to say? I always battle with that concept. I heard it once and there was a quote and... It was a quote from someone who I really liked, but he'd quoted someone else and hit the quote when he said it, he'd butchered it. And it's like, oh, it was something like this. And now my version of the something like this is the version of something like this. But it was kind of like, if you always feel like you're, you're behind and trying to get towards something, then you're doing the right thing. Whereas if you're like very content and very comfortable, you're probably not doing enough. That was like the loose term. So I always remind myself when I'm like, oh man, I've got so much work to do. It's because I want to achieve so many things. And it's not because you're not doing enough work. It's because you're ambitious and you have lots of things to go. Whereas if you're like, yeah, I have nothing to do today. Life's really easy. True you probably that. don't have enough on your plate. Um, it that might a, be that was a very bastardized version yeah, of that quote. it might be a difference between um, feeling safety in your environment and right. doing the thing and being comfortable when for me it's more related to being lazy mm. which is a part also of the training I provide and my I don't know let's say uh, life philosophy yeah be safe but don't get too comfortable do you ever feel like that is a it easy to or people struggle to identify the difference between when they're being lazy or being content and that what I'm doing is good, there's enough and I'm not pushing myself because I'm happy or they're just not pushing themselves because they're being lazy. I think there's a very thin line. I think people know the difference. It's just a fact that they will push too much into the one side. Mm -hmm. So if you start, I mean, speaking from the experience, if I'll start getting too comfortable with... Um, pushing the tasks on the side, work tasks. I don't like like pff, emails, making notes. This is the things I'm no, not a big fan of. I start getting lazy. Uh -huh. And I with the that. training, um, if you're allowing yourself to always be in your comfort zone, mm. and it's from time to time, it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. But if it's day by day, you start forgetting and not even forgetting just start being afraid of getting out because it started being you know it's so funny you said that i um i for the last four weeks of, well that's five you can't see <laughs> if this was a video i'd be holding up five fingers but i said four i always do that so the I'm last blind, four weeks fine. i've been on a, a very good 
program i've been very consistent with my training and i've had four things that i've wanted to hit every week and it's been an upper body strength session a lower body strength session a slow endurance session and then some like gentle aerobic uh intervals so they're my four things that i've hit them for the last four weeks very consistent and then very balanced and just feeling very good with my training and then i realized that oh this has become very comfortable and i'm like oh no and then like last week i was thinking about it and i was and i talked to scott Thwaites a lot about my training and he loves a hard workout as much as anybody else so he and he's like oh have you tried this one it was his workout and i said no but i probably should because i have been avoiding intensity because i've just been trying to get very uh just get into a good routine establish a really solid foundation of fitness and strength and start layering intensity on top of it which i feel like talking about it now was actually quite a smart thing to do because now i'm in a position where i'm like okay it's ready to go again but then earlier this week i made the decision like okay you're eight weeks out from turf games now it's time to start building back in the intensity and today was the first day of that and i trained with adam and and adam came down to do some weightlifting. how did that go oh it was horrible and (laughs) we overestimated what we were able to do and we wrote the workout and started like yeah we'll change that we'll drop that and we'll, we'll, we'll just make it up as we go but he got dragged into that he came to some weightlifting and then ended up getting dragged into a 60 minute high intensity ouch workout but it was a lot of fun and it was uh i was careful with movements because some things have been a, a bugging me when i've been doing too many mm. of them so i was sensible with it and it would just be a gradual build up intensity i'm not going to get carried away and just go full send from day one but yeah today was the day i was just like today i'm going to fuck myself up let's do it and you know you you said it was fun you mm. said it was horrible but it was fun at the same time so yeah, you can't still you can still go out of your comfort zone mm. and make it fun at yep. the end because if you'll see after four weeks of being comfortable with your training you found out it's like oh it doesn't bring a lot of emotions actually it, it feels good at the beginning and then you start i guess missing something maybe it does but I have been thoroughly enjoying it. And for the last kind of like, I'm going to say year, I've been battling between like, um, you've got to train like a CrossFitter because you still want to compete and not wanting to compete. And then like seeing people compete and be like, oh no, I still kind of want to do that. And I've been trying to be okay without having the, for me, it's just, I don't like snatching. I don't like doing handstand pushups. My body doesn't feel good doing them, but I love intensity. So I've been, pulled towards like more sled push more bike stuff more fast running because that stuff doesn't destroy me but doing like uh like squat snatches and bar muscle-ups in the workout is not frightening but it's very unappealing to me i'm just like i just don't want to do it i could do it um and i'm still capable of doing it and it's not gonna injure me it won't feel comfortable because i haven't been doing it but i'm just not interested in doing it and then the last you know and that's a fair point yeah and i've just really been enjoying getting fitter staying stronger feeling healthier with my training um but then i've got to this point now where and it's out of necessity now because i've signed up for something that's in eight weeks where i'm gonna have to experience discomfort in training so i need to experience that on the way to that training so now i'm like right time to put your big boy pants on let's go so yeah so um speaking about what you just have said about uh snatches doing bar muscle ups um when i know like your technique is it's good like you're pretty smooth with the, uh, with the movements it's okay. <laughs> but and you said that it's not a real fear when in my opinion it actually is right. because it's not only you know about your conscious mind right mm-hmm. maybe in your mind it's like oh now it's that it's not a real threat 
but maybe other of your systems, like a, I don't know, muscular system, emotional system, the nervous system, see some part of the movement as a threat. And it might be associated with, I don't like the feeling of weight barring on my shoulders. Mm. I don't like when, um, I don't know, for example, my pecs fell on the handstand push-ups, right? Or every single time I do this movement, actually after my neck hurts. So as I said, it doesn't need to be on the very conscious level when you do it, but for your body, it might be a real, a real threat. And that's why you have those feelings associated with the movements. Yeah, that's exactly it, yeah. And that's, you know, that's, for example, the part of the coaching, I don't know how to say it, uh, one of the principles, mm -hmm. right, for me, is to find i mean first of all be present to actually understand what's your fail what's your fear because addressing that is gonna be way easier to create a safe environment for you to train totally. with a high intensity yeah so i'm not saying taking it away because life doesn't work like this mm -hmm. right but we can take it as a exposure therapy right? Sure. Take it slowly. Do it to the point you can still handle it, but the moment it starts touching this, you know, these feelings you really don't like, yeah. pull back. Because that's it, it is that, and it is a... So I still do it. I still do jumping with the guys on a Friday once or twice a week. I still do these things that I'm not that... Not that I don't want to do, that I don't enjoy doing anymore, and I go into it, and now I'm smarter, so I'm put, I'm, I'll train with Rowan, and he's 25-year-old, and throwing loads of weight around, I was like, cool, I'll stop there, because that's enough weight for me for today, and it's literally like, I know my wrist won't like it for the next two days if I... There you go. So I could stop at 225, or I could try 235. If I try 235, the next two days, I'm going to not be able to train properly, because my wrist is going to be annoyed, so yeah. I'll stop at that point, and not go to that place, whereas... And then that's me, I'm really happy that I'm making that decision, because... I don't need to be doing that. I don't need to be stressing that. I'm I'm still able to do enough that I can enjoy training. I could be like, cool, that's fine. Whereas like a year ago and earlier, I you would push for I would it. Do it, yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's all about is it worth to do this one thing which mm. is gonna feed your ego at this certain moment yeah. than to not be able to enjoy your life for the next two three days. Yeah. And that's that's for me the I think the the most important part in the in the training, what is gonna give you the true joy of of doing that? Is it uh, just as I said, just feeding the ego at a certain moment, or actually being able to move? When it comes to me, I love to being just having a freedom in the movement. So for me, it means moving pain free. Yeah. And if I'll disconnect from myself on the movement, I'll push harder. If I'll not if I'll not be aware of this, this my fail, right? It's gonna cost me a few days, weeks, sometimes months of not enjoying the training because of this one stupid thing. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's that's the most important thing. Be aware of your fails, right? Be aware of of what is working in your body, what is not working, what are your struggles, and when you can push and when you should step back a little bit. Yeah. Because, yeah, do you like those next two days when your risk is aching? Mm, <laughs> sure not. And then with you, you're quite aware, so you can identify when you're going into that place where it's like, this isn't a cool place for me to go because of what it's going to bring. How do you 
how are people who aren't as aware, like members out there on the on the floor, gonna able to? I know obviously it's not gonna they're not gonna have the same resources you've had access to and the same experiences to pull from to be able to make a decision. But what could people be looking out for when it's because some people are actually pretty good. Like, no, today I'm not going to go heavy today. Today I'm, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm just going to work on my technique. And you'll see that people have a dip in energy or they're not as like excited being training. So they'll pull back a little bit and they'll come back the next day and they'll be a different person and have a lot of energy, which is great because people have known their limits and they're not just the workout says do this, so do this. But what are signs that people could listen or look out for when they shouldn't be going to that point? Um, for me, definitely is to being more present in the movement mm -hmm. and to make it more um, like a, let's say, more subjective rather than objective. Okay. So how the movement, it makes you feel, right. right? How do you feel the movement? Not how to do the certain movement from okay. point A to point B, because most of us trying to copy the movement, not really understanding what is working in the movement and how the good movement feels. Okay. And for me, you can start simple things because you don't want to also end up overthinking. Yeah. Because that leads to not being present. That leads to uh, freaking out and panicking. <laughs> um, I'm the best example. <laughs> <laughs> so have a very simple focus. For example, we are on the um, almost wrapping up the deadlift cycle, right? Yep. Two more so, weeks. Um, the cue would be you want to feel your hamstrings and the glutes, mm -hmm. right? If you feel that, it means that that's probably the good movement, right? right? If you feel your back instead, then it means that it's not good movement. Okay. And for me, it's are those simple real rules, right? And it's more about you being active about the movement than waiting for the results so the deadlift is for you to find your glute hamstrings in the core yeah right it's not oh the deadlift is gonna give me glutes and hamstrings in the core mm. you can't be passive about it yeah. you can't wait for those muscles to start giving you feeling it's your sure. responsibility to use those muscles but as you said if you are just a newbie you won't be able to do that because it's related to the neural connection yeah right so the brain muscle connection um and you haven't established those neurological patterns and ways it's gonna take a little bit of time right so it's being just you know consistent and doing a lot of repetitions to establish this pattern okay if you're a new person my go-to is putting you on the very simple movement which is gonna have the same movement pattern as a deadlift, which is a hinge, yep. right? And I'll teach you on the simple movement, how to feel it in the correct way by doing it in a lot of repetitions, right? And conversation back and forth. Yeah. How was like this? How did you feel that? If you, for example, it's not like I don't use positioning in my coaching, I do. Mm -hmm. But the first thing is how did it feel? what you could feel, right? And then I'll use positioning to make you feel better the movement in the certain places. So building it from a, a movement pattern towards uh, Toward positional the more, pattern. yes. So like, for example, is you're going to... Uh, 
get people to understand what it feels like to use their glutes and hamstrings whilst in a hinge pattern and then work up to being able to do deadlifts and feeling the same thing and whilst they're doing the that same movement. Thing. And that's that's literally my thing is like, I'll put you on the um, hamstring curls, glute bridges, and then... Um, my favorite dibble flips on mm. the on the floor so you're gonna get the feelings in the um, in the hamstrings hopefully because some people cannot actually feel their hamstring on the hamstring curl which is different story yeah. uh to find the glute bridges um glutes on the glute bridges and then to get into the hinge movement pattern which curling the ball on the floor is just gonna force you to do that yeah. so once we're gonna combine all of that so we get filling in the glutes filling in the hamstrings and filling those two muscles in the hinge movement pattern, so the pivot at the hip. And then I'll tell you, okay, here's the barbell, dumbbell, sandbag, doesn't matter, we're gonna do deadlifts. I want to recreate you first in your head, the same feelings you have on those simple movements. And then the person more likely will be able to not copy, right? But mimic the same feeling. But mimic the same feeling because then they will know, okay, that feels exactly the same, more or less. So it means I'm doing it right. And they're not thinking about deadlift technique or anything like that. They're just trying to recreate the they're same movement pattern create, so they're yeah. using the correct and, muscle. And from there, you know, like you're just getting better and better, right? So if you can get your hinge in uh, lunges, in the deadlifts and everything, it's it's more or less the same feeling. Mm. And then you know, okay, okay, it's the correct movement and it doesn't matter position. Yeah. I'm the best example. When I deadlift, my back is a little bit rounded. Yeah. It's just because I create so much tension in my lower abs and my obliques. My spine is going rounded, but it doesn't change its position. I was cured, cured I think, in Japan from one of the coaches. Hey, keep your back straight. I'm like, if I'm gonna keep my back perfectly straight, I'm gonna go straight to my rectors and I'm not gonna hinge. For sure. So that's why it's a very thin line about positioning and tension. For me, always tension goes first because yep. we are built differently, we create tension differently, and and that's one of the, I think, first principles of my training. Just sure. follow, follow the tension, the position is gonna come. Yeah, yeah, that's... Um, and. For me, hearing you say that, I fully agree with that concept of your back doesn't have to be straight because most people's concept of a straight back would be actually overextended and feeding into the back. Um, And it's kind of just a a cheap coaching cue to get people to move safer when you actually encourage them to shift into a different movement pattern and getting people to think about using glutes, hamstrings and core rather than just getting their back into a false position. But it's that really cheap coaching cue of chest up chest up chest up and it's, it's not really teaching yeah it's <laughs> we can say you know again about comfort right mm. and being lazy so when it comes to coaching the question is are you feeding your coaching ego or you really try to coach the person because you can get the person into very nice positions and you'll be like yeah i nail it by mm. saying hey knees back chest up like just you know this simple cues uh, which has their place, don't get me wrong. But if your goal is only get to the person, to the position you like and you satisfied with, no matter of how the person is actually feeling the movement, then I'm not sure if that's the right Yeah, way. and if that's your target, you're trying to get people into a position that's being deemed the same for every single person who yeah. has different lever lengths and different mechanics when obviously you're, you're just trying to 
one size cookie cutter fits all position that isn't going to apply to everybody and everyone's going to feel differently and if you're trying to get everyone into the same position that might work for one person and being in the ideal 45 degree straight back that might feel amazing for me but for the person next to me they're going to have to adjust that and and feel different things as well so yeah coaching's hard and it should be hard um and that's what um one of my first experiences or maybe my second experience with julian was um uh coaching is hard and it should be tiring and it should be really hard and you shouldn't be able to do hours and hours and hours of coaching a day because you're you should be fighting really hard to get people to what we've just spoke about with regards to a deadlift it makes teaching the deadlift way more complex than if you're just trying to get someone to lift their chest at all and like as uh, a coach you should be pushing yourself and you should have pride in your work that you're trying to um, i love when people message me going oh um, my hamstrings are really sore from yesterday. It's a deadlift session. You're like, that's amazing. Or like people who, like my back shoes, you saw the deadlift, message after my back didn't have to deadlift. Uh, before we move on from deadlift, and I saw a couple of questions. Yes. So we, um, we just spoke about how it's glutes, hamstrings, core. 100% agree with you. But the back is a part of the core if you look at what we yes. talk about. So the is a, a, a stability requirement of the erectors. They're part of that core. So we are bracing. Absolutely. And trying to use our back. So, I've caught myself before. It's like, we don't want to feel the back, but we do want to feel the back, but in the right capacity, right? Yes. So I just want to kind of put a throw out there because people will be like, oh, I feel my back out of deadlift. And so well, what type of feeling is it? Is it a, like I, I use my back muscle to keep me in a good position? Awesome. Or is it a, my back's moving a lot and I'm feeling a lot of burning sensation in the erectus or something that I shouldn't be feeling? There's a difference there. Uh, there is. Um, I'm sure you can address the good burning in the muscle and the bad burning in the muscle. So yeah. the bad burning in the muscle is going to give you the feeling of the fear yeah. that you're going to injure yourself, that something bothers you, that it, you're going to break, you're going to tear. Like you do have those feelings, mm-hmm. right? And then when you feel the muscle burning in a nice way, it's definitely not a comfortable feeling, but it's some kind of very satisfying so for me, it's, it's, that's, that's the difference. If the burning of the muscle, the feeling of the muscle is very satisfying and makes you feel powerful mm-hmm. and it doesn't bring a red flag in your head, yeah. then it's all good, right? Yeah. And I never said that you should not feel, I mean, erectors in the deadlifts, they are for stabilize again the spine, but they're not the primary muscles which are working in the deadlift. So after tons of reps you're gonna you might gonna feel those erectors but if it's a constant nagging pain that you cannot bend over that it's stopping you from for example squatting the next day Mm. that might gonna be a sign that you're actually using it too much like for me um i've been exploring the hinge for a very very long time because my back was always hurting after deadlifts to the point that like relaxing on the chair Mm it was so not nice, right? So okay. I, obviously I was doing it wrong. Yeah. And nowadays, I think it's been three years, two years, three years, I think, I did not feel my back at all during, after, in the middle, before. Like, there's no fear associated with deadlift and my back feeling bad. Nice. So that's, you know. We're going to switch topics in a second, but yeah. um, that was... Uh, a very relevant subject because what we're doing in the gym right now is a deadlift cycle. Um, could we go through the same process but talking about different movement? Sure. Let's do muscle up. 
So if it was that was how you explain that was we use something like a hamstring bridge, a glute, uh, sorry, a hamstring curl, a glute bridge, and a debor flip to feel the movement pattern and then start to apply that to movement patterns. Which I've I watch everything in the gym, but I've noticed you do that with your one on one clients, and I've seen the evolution of people you work with go from like really simple control movements to now having them doing Olympic weightlifting, and the progress the progress has been amazing, and I can identify that, and I'd be like, I see what you've done there. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what would be the muscle ups? are very complex very advanced movement yes. but there's a lot of people that are very strong very capable and have the skill but don't have the movement patterns to be able yeah. to do them how um, do we deconstruct that one so um the the muscle ups it's pull into push mm -hmm. right which makes it a bit more complex because it's not just a, yes a, so a the skill of the muscle up by itself is through transition from the pull into the push without losing tension in the muscles, right? And when it comes to the pull and the push, um, it's an internal torque chain. So you got everything which is going towards the inside part of the body. You got the lower abs, you got obliques, you got uh, pecs, you got a inner part of your bicep, you got teres major, and you got a bunch of other muscles. If you're interested, we can, you know, we can go through the whole list. However, it's for you to create first the isometric hold, mm -hmm. right? in the uh, hanging position, right? So can you, from the full hanging position, can you engage your terrace major, which is the necessary muscle for you to pull, right? If you can only engage it with your elbows bended, you won't be able to do a muscle up from the straight arms, which is necessary, for example, for the competitions, mm -hmm. right? And then you're gonna start using, for example, your traps. Yeah. Right, so that's the first one. So working on the um, range of the motion of your terrace major for the pull, right? So now the next step is: can you actually pull with it, going all the way, like to below your chest, when you need to transition for the push, mm -hmm. right? So we're going from the pulling muscles, right, the lats, terrace major, um, into more now pecs, which are. Push. responsible for the push right if you do have a split moment when those muscles are not uh, moving from the one to the other one when it comes to the tension this is the moment when you actually displace the tension you fail your muscle up mm -hmm. and that's the common point where most people let's they're fine through the first pull and they yeah. go to transition that dip and they because stop because they lose it because they're just losing tension right. so they're not able to keep the tension in the right muscles they can game it, right, by doing a chicken wing. So going from the lower packs to the upper packs to the um, to the deltoids to the to the traps and make them, you know, make their own way at the top of the rings. But if you want to have healthy shoulders yeah. and beautiful muscle ups, it's learning how to pull and push in a one smooth motion without losing tension. Mm. Switching from the one movement pattern to the other movement pattern without a loss of the tension, that's a real skill. Yeah. I remember Richard said once is do three strict muscle-up attempts every day for building loads of internal torque strength just oh, to be yes. able to, the, as that what you just said, learn how to pull and how yeah. to push. And if you can't do them, just trying to do them is going to have such a... Um, you're in, it's just such a great movement to come into internal talk and squeeze everything yeah. so tight and pull through that it just it works a lot of like pec and lats and a lot of pulling muscles in that and thing. the the rings are really great for that yeah because they're they'll just 
better for creating internal torque and it's related to the grip, the hand position, the engagement of the bicep, which is related then to the pecs and Yeah, and, and, ar- all of and that. arguably probably the most challenging and impressive upper body strength movement that you can do. How many people do you know that you can do a strict muscle up? Very, very few people. Very few people. Yeah, this is, uh, if you took something like a, a very heavy bench press or a very bent road, there's hundreds of bros all over the world that can do those can movements. Do yeah, but do a strict muscle, strict rim muscle up is very challenging, it's, very impressive. It's very challenging. It's a very skillful movement, right? Yeah. So it's all about understanding what does it take to do a muscle up and to not only see it from the point, okay, I need to pull and go over at the top of those rings, mm-hmm. right? You need to um, understand your pulling movement pattern, your pushing movement pattern. You need to understand the transition between those two, right? And you need to understand your own range of motion, the active range of motion, right? And we're always talking about uh, strict muscle-ups here, and you should always become very, very efficient and proficient at the strict movement before you ever consider doing kid movements. You should only really be doing kid movements if you're actually trying to compete. I've had this conversation with a lot of new guys that have joined. Yeah. It's just, oh, what about like CrossFit and kid pull-ups? It's like, what's your goal? It's like, oh, I want to run up, want to run an ultra marathon. Because you have zero <laughs> reason to be doing kid pull-ups. To be pull-ups. doing that. Just keep them straight all the time. And you know what is with the keeping? Um, I'm not seeing necessarily the keeping as a bad thing. No, of course. But... It's using a momentum, right? But yeah. it still requires from you to keep it under tension. For sure. Right? So it's going sometimes from no tension to tension in a split second. Can you do that? Mm. Can you do that efficient in your movement that you can catch this muscle tension when you have to? Yeah. And even people who can and are able to do that is still not a necessarily useful tool depending what the intention of your training is if you're if you're going to put yourself in an environment where you're going to be have to doing pull-ups as fast as you can then it makes sense to practice that movement and use that as a training tool if you're never going to be in a position where you have to do really fast pull-ups and just do straight pull-ups the benefits are way outweigh what you'd get from doing kibben pull-ups that's you know that's that's the other thing when it comes to 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 my training it's just understanding what you want out of your training, mm. right? And I still believe that not every that everyone should do keeping gymnastic movements, Agreed. snatches and everything because yeah. do they really need that? No. And the question is also, are they able to do that? Yeah. Because you have such a long way to be able to perform this movement, right? You got a structure, stabilization, then you got a skill, you got a timing. It's related also to the nervous system and everything. And sometimes people like will not even have a patience, yeah. right? To understand the movement and they're getting angry in the process. And if you're not calm by doing your snatches and muscle ups, it's everything related to the coordination, right? Uh, and I think as well is, it's it's very attractive and very appealing for people to learn new skills so to come in and throw a barb around it's good fun and we should never discourage people from wanting to do that but just try and facilitate a really safe ways to do it so it might be the takeaway from it is when you're catching the snatch today and you're doing something very simple like a hang power snatch is just make sure you're really feeling the lats when you're receiving the yeah. bar or there's there's no shoulder pain when you're receiving the bar or something like that and, and make that the intention and if you're not gonna if you're not doing it to compete in any reason there's no reason for you to put, put in loads of weight on but it is very rewarding to learn cool movements oh, and yes. learn new skills in the gym yes. so making sure you're doing it in a safe environment that allows you to continue to progress to continue on that to movement progress, yeah. you know and i'm not taking away any of the skill no, movements of from the people is you can do also you know like skillful movements which will be a little bit 
easier for you at that stage yep. and will not require that much of the range of the motion because for example with the snatches that's one of my favorite movements i really adore it and i still have such a long way to to master it right but at least i built through the years the range of the motion, for example, in my lats in my pecs. So when I receive the barber overhead, my traps are not kicking in. Yeah. Depends on the day. Sometimes left is not happy. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's my problem. Uh, and this is what I, you know, I said before. It's like if my left pack is not catching up overhead, I'm not going to snatch. Yeah. Because I know it's going to turn into the trap and it's going to lead to three days of my neck aching. Mm. Right? So... If we can build that first, even for the simple, you know, um, overhead sandbag carries, which we'll see that people are failing big time yep. because you cannot stabilize the sandbag with the traps for a long time. It's going to, I'm sorry, eat you alive. Yeah, right? So if you learn that, if you're going to build the active range of the motion overhead, then I think we're good to start introducing snatching, right? But if you're a pecs and lats are catching only at the bench press level, then we got a long time to go. Yeah, agreed. How's your training going? Good. Yeah, what have you been up to your training? Uh, so you're jumping back into base here? Yes, I'm, yes I'm doing a couple of sessions, of base sessions. Uh, I still like, you know, the group environment. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't talk too much to people, like I have my corner in everything, you still have this feeling that someone is there next to you and trying hard. Yeah. So that's that's a nice thing. And for me is because the sessions are not written by me, mm -hmm. I need to do something which I wouldn't plan this way or I wouldn't do it, right? So for me, it's... Uh, it's an experience, right? I'm going to do something which I wouldn't do, like which I wouldn't write to myself. Right. Which is, and I'm saying I like something I don't like, or I would just not, you know, combine maybe some of the movements. So yeah. for me, it's like, ooh, let's let's get, you know, let's um, let's let's explore like this combination and. And for me, it's also it's a sixty minutes of with the warm up, cool down, and everything, and I'm done. If I train on my own, I do have this, this rule that it has to be up to 70 minutes. Okay. But somehow with the session, it's just more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and other than that, it's one day, it's a pure exploration. And before, um, it was mostly related to coaching. So okay. I was trying to understand every single movement pattern to my best abilities to be able to coach it better. Um, now it, it, it is it is that of course still, but it's also my playtime. Yeah. If you'll see that, like the kids are playing right in, in in different ways and how we can play, and for me it's very distressing. Right. The the play is something you are not stressing yourself. You have no real expectations, right? The outcome really doesn't matter. You're just exploring, you're having right. fun, you're trying. Uh, and it brings a, a true joy because it's not sitting down on the couch and not doing anything, right? Mm. It's still doing something, but in a very, very joyful environment. So that's, that's the one session. Um, I start uh, a few weeks ago playing with the concept of Q-training, which was um, 
mm, that's a that's a homework and that's a part of the on the strong fit. Okay. Um, which is finding the mental fails. Interesting. And finding your not necessarily bad behaviors, but behaviors which are leading to the outcome which you're not satisfied with and mm. they're repeated over time and to work on that. So I'm doing, for example, 10 minutes on the salt bike and a certain RPM, which brings the feeling of me panicking mm -hmm. because it's 10 minutes, it's uncomfortable. And for me is either I want to just shoot the RPM and go fast and finish or I just want to quit, right? So it's learning how to be cool in a very uncomfortable moment. That's interesting. And this leads to, for example, me doing a lot of emails or notes, which I absolutely hate. And you don't need to approach your emails and the, you know, just a boring work you have to do at the, you know, energy expenditure level 10, yeah. right? you can give five or six, so it's gonna feel at the end better. Of course, you still need to put the energy in, but you don't need to every single time panic. Cause for me, it's like, I like to give more what is necessary to give. Mm -hmm. And from there, I'm just burning out. Okay. I'm not gonna do at all, yeah. right? So for me, it's like my mental is or all in, or nothing. Okay. So the 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 Q minus one training it teach me how to you know how to find the balance, how to find the mid ground, without right? Going all in. When without going all in and accepting it's uncomfortable but necessary work to do. Nice. So that's you know and it's really hard. That's so. What's funny about that is that's obviously a much deeper reason to use that training principle than just getting better at the 10 minute bike test for example and but, believe me you are gonna get better right and but, but that's, gonna, that's not you know that's, that's, that's not yeah, the objective it's gonna yield a massive carryover into getting better at holding a set rpm for 10 minutes and i've seen you do your 10 minutes on the bike and it's not a cruising pace you're not just no. like you, you're, and then people would t see that and take that and be like oh there's a 10 minute bike training protocol i could use there but it's actually for something and that's just the tool you're using yes. to help you get through your emails so better. for me for me it's uh it's behavior work yeah. it's not a training tool yeah. right but uh i think you know the the one of the parts of it which is actually getting better on the bike nice. but that's that's not the intent that's behind a it that's a you know that's a byproduct and it really helps it really helps to me to go through the moments which are grindy long i don't like them but actually doing them without panicking mm -hmm. so i'm more efficient in the work because i i do things I love my job, but there are some parts which which you're not just not gonna like, right? So it's it's mm. a really big one for me. Amazing. Um, we've just you've just kicked off strong base three, volume three, four, four. I think four. Yes, four. Four. Um, why don't you share with us uh, some of the concepts and principles of strong base, just so the lovely listeners have a an idea of what it is they're training. I think. People who have seen you train have a good understanding of what movements it is or kind of where the training stems from, from a, a strongman training background. Yes. But what are, I'm, I'm, as we just discussed on the 10-minute the bike training protocol, which is actually a protocol to enhance your behavior, what are some of the concepts that are built into this program? Uh, for me, the biggest concept is to how to be better human outside the gym. 
Amazing. by training inside the gym. Because, you know, we talk about the attention over position. We talk about the, the, the skill of the movement, right? Yeah. And this is all very necessary and very important. But for me, it's how I can make you a better human being. Amazing. And for me, it's teaching you how to be present in uncomfortable moment and how you're gonna react to this, right? right? And it's not necessarily your reaction is good or bad, but you need to learn actual, your actual reaction and how you can make it better for yourself, right? So for me is um, like when we are pushing heavy sleds, it's, it's not about just 25 meters that you need to complete. It's about what do you feel during it and how you're gonna um, how you gonna react to this you know pain like is it overwhelming for you? Are you switching off? Like what's the behavior? what's the what's the pattern you see in your behaviors? For a lot of people will be they're just zoning out yeah. right The moment the pain kicks in, the moment when the heart situation in the life kicks in, they're going into disassociation right So it can be flight when you don't want to be in the moment when you don't want to be stay present and your mind wanders and you're trying to find any excuse possible to not complete the task or you have um, complete freeze when you're just avoiding right and you're not doing anything. So um, you can you can you know the, the more you do this kind of things, because um, the movements are very simple, so they doesn't require a lot of a skill. Lot of skill. So yeah. that's why you can focus, you know, on your own feeling and yeah. behavior and just start recognizing the patterns. What I do in the training that is related to my life. And okay. as I mentioned, for example, me on the bike, it was just panicking, right? And... Well, if you panic once or twice, it's fine. But if you panic every single time, it's not really a sustainable life to live. Yeah. Right? Of course. So I'm trying to, you know, teach people that you can understand yourself better by listening to the body, not really on the conscious level because mm -hmm. you got so many other systems, but even listening, you know, like how the muscle burns, how your heart is, is, is beeping, everything that is going to relate to you being more present and actually making better choices for yourself. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of like, that's the intention of meditation is you're trying to concentrate on something and be very present in that moment. So you're not worrying about the future and, and having that anxiety, worrying about something yes. that's going to happen in your future. If you're in there pushing a sled and the only thing you're thinking about is pushing the sled, you're not worrying about, oh, what that person's doing or what do I have to do later is that's very another way of being very present, yeah. which is, again, the focus of meditation. And, you know, also like some people will have some fears related to the movements, right? Or they're very afraid to push hard. So again, it's trying to find those fails, right? Uh, we just started, so I, I didn't introduce um, much of, of all of I talk right now, I mean, during this edition, right? But we'll be trying to, to find the, the fails of individuals, right? So they can address that, okay, in training in the next few weeks, I'm not allowed to go past that. Okay. I'm going to touch it and I'm going to get back from it. And that's something for these guys to look forward to. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> like, it's not easy. Everyone yeah. is saying, you know, training with me and like the stuff we do is like, oh, I, I don't want to do that because it's hard because it requires you from from feeling it. Yeah. Right. 
I will not let you to zone out because that's that's the easy part. Yeah. That's the easy part, right? And with all of that, as I said, it's coming a better behavior, right? Or just understanding of your own behavior, right? Nice. Uh, which can lead to, you know, like... Um, even I don't know, um, sitting on the couch and binge, binge watching of Netflix, uh, bad relation with food, bad relationship with uh, with spouse, and that's you know that's all matters for me for yeah. you to just just be better. And I'm not saying to make you more comfortable, right? No. Um, I'm just trying to make people more reactive. Because I think that's the key, just being active in your life. And I'm not saying that, you know, sitting on the couch or lying down on the beach is a no-go. Yes, please do of it. Of course. Of course, it's a very necessary part of the life. Yeah. But the more active you are about your life, the better it's going to be. Because some people, you know, they're afraid of making decisions. Some people are very anxious about making, you know, choices. And if I'm going to rebuild this environment from your daily life in the gym and I'll ask you to face it with being present we can actually teach you how to act on this without you you know like switching off zoning out yeah. and pushing things on the side yeah. and that's you know that's the key I just want everyone to have a wonderful life and, <laughs> and, there if you go. and if you're gonna you know if i'm gonna ask you to carry the sand back for 400 meters it's because you want them to have a wonderful life because i want them to have a wonderful <laughs> life and people might see it's like no that's mean i'm like life is not easy it's just because i care yeah that's a very good point and then if you experience training hardships in the gym it's definitely going to carry over into i definitely believe it has a strong carryover into fortitude outside the gym and being able to be more resilient and handle more outside the gym as well it's just like oh we're going to do this really intense thing and you're going to have to really focus and you're going to have to go to a place where you have to really think about what you're doing do the really hard part and not zone out and be very yeah. present and if you can do that if some asshole cuts you up on the road, you're not going to flash at that guy and then you're going to be better off for that because you've got more fortitude and you're a better person for it. And that's, you know, that's, carry that's, the, that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason behind all of that. Just just being better. And I think, you know, it comes with the education um, about uh, the movement, of course, but a little bit of the, of the nervous system and how your uh, nervous system reacts um, to... Um, to the uh, environment right where's your baseline if you're higher lower if you're more panicky or okay. if you're more you know down where's your reaction and how we can work on that because you can see for example some i think especially girls are more hyped right mm. they are willing to do anything you ask for so if you're gonna push them too hard they're just gonna crash okay right and burn out so we need to see if it's your baseline being too high for the life you want to live or it's your response to the uncomfortable situation too high that leads to the crash. Interesting. And the same thing is, for example, with the low baseline, right? Is that the baseline you need to live your life. To give you an example, for example, uh, if you're a CEO of the big company, you better not be low, because you have tons shit of people to manage and yep. a huge amount of money to take care of, right? Yep. And then, for example, if you're a coach, you can't be 
too high as well because then you start being angry and the people they're not doing the thing you want to teach them and blah blah, blah and all of that or if you're a teacher and you're teaching kids like you you can't be just too high because you're gonna do more harm than good yeah so i'm also trying to teach people that where is your baseline what is your reaction and where do we need to make a change okay right because it's not always you being uh too high it's maybe you're overreacting mm-hmm. right you're giving 10 instead of a six and you can really easily relate it to the movement for example uh that's a very common thing i ask people to do a simple hamstring curls with the band and they're giving all out and on the scale you know from one to ten when the ten will be i'm gonna push the sled for 200 meters as fast as i can to one which is i don't know let's say uh, maybe not really oblique opener, but just just simple breathing, okay. right? Lying on the ground and, yeah. and breathing. This hamstring curse will be at level four. Yeah, I was going to say three or four. Yes. So if you give me 10 for oh, the thing which, 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 you know, requires four, guess what? You're not going to feel your hamstrings. You're going to feel start feeling your back, maybe the knee, because you're driving your nervous system so high that you're waking up the muscles which are related to, uh, for example, um, how you say it? Sorry, I'm losing words. which are just, you know, related to the to the higher nervous system, to the sympathetic nervous system. And it's like, hey, it's a pretty, you know, easy movement. Give me four. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's much better. So that's a really good example of someone who's over uh, yeah. exerting themselves. What's like other traits or like, have you noticed it with certain people where the type of person that comes in and gives a 10 on the hamstring curve, what are other traits with their training that you'd notice? uh pushing the sled at level two okay so the there's opposite. there's no speed there's like uh, so when they should be giving 10 they're in two and they should be giving maybe two, not 10 let's 10. say you know 10 10 is reserved for the for the really hardcore life situations yeah. right like the question is do you need to face 10 in the gym okay questionable um at least from my side uh but if something requires more neural output, more you being active, right? And instead of six or seven, you're giving me two, it's going to hurt you also in the different places or you might going to feel anything. Interesting. And not feeling anything, it relates to boredom. Yeah. And then you're bored with your training because you're not giving you any feelings, yeah. right? So for me, it's just finding this mid-grind and just understanding the people I coach. So I got different type of people, right? I have a one girl which is very low and on the uh, on the on the first uh, session I was like, "Oh my god, this is going to be boring." But no, it's just me understanding that she's a little bit lower and it's not her response, it's her baseline. Yeah. And we agree that we're going to raise this baseline so she can actually enjoy the training more, right? And then when you have uh, people which are really, really high on the spectrum, on the nervous system, and they're just, you know, coming to the gym and they just want to kill everything. <laughs> like, no talking, just doing, doing, doing. But, like, everything hurts. Like, they're very stressed. And it's like, they, they, you, you can't even ask the question, what do you feel? Because they just need to move, move over. A couple of names pop to mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's, um, 
just you know like understanding who is standing in in front of me yeah and applying the training yeah. to give you what you need okay not necessarily what you want right and this is how you can make people better by understanding where they are on the on the you know baseline and and the reaction and how to approach them because i can't you know to my girl which is a little bit on the lower side i can't give her sled pushes for you know like 10 minutes mm. because she won't be able to do it it's yeah. not because she doesn't want to it's just she's not at the level she and actually have ability to do it right so it's gonna be build up or we're gonna get you a little bit lower mm. okay very Makes cool sense. no that that does make a, a bunch of sense i wonder now you've you've laid it out that way there's i'm just going through the the members and jimmy thinking <laughs> oh yeah that's a classic case of that that's yes a classic case of that you're gonna see people for example who are uh who are a little bit on the lower side they're always complaining ah oh, do you really need to do that how many i was like oh it's like oh and like you can see this person is just it's just not there it doesn't know you know the person is coming at two and the workout is level seven it's like Ugh. <laughs> and that's you know that's for me it's like for me now it's funny because i understand it more yeah. so then you know um, for example i'm gonna give you um um a warm-up which is gonna bring you up from two to five so at least you can start your work at five and hopefully you're gonna get yourself to seven right or if you're coming um from your work at level 10 but we're gonna do oblique opener, which requires a level two. Then we got a problem because you're gonna get so irritated by this. So I'm not gonna start with this, right? I'm gonna give you some, I don't know, slums or something to you can actually express the anger or whatever is there. So you can calm yourself down. Mm. And then when I see it's like, okay, we're pretty calm. Now it's time for the oblique opener. Amazing. So, so that's that's also you know the importance of the warm up. And again, going back to just knowing your people you're coaching. Very interesting. That makes massive sense. Um, talk to me more about strong base. Let's get back into that. <laughs> I'm very interested. That's that's all about strong base. That the things we talk is is all about that. Um, what I can add from my side is I'm really trying to create a safe environment for the guys. For anyone, so if you are, um, if you feel like you're not strong enough, I will try. I will try my best, you know, to give you the feeling that you are strong, mm. right, on your very own level. I've seen it with all, especially the girls that have done the previous editions are just different athletes now. They're they're, just, they're different they're girls now. How physically strong they are, how much confidence they have, how much desire they have to learn new movements and push themselves is completely different people. It's, you know, as I said, again, it's just um, facing with the present, the... The difficult situations, mm. right? And the hard situations. And it's not easy to lift a heavy sandbag and walk it. It takes a courage for me and it takes, you know, it takes energy from you. And you need to learn that, yeah. right? The moment you're going to experience it time over time is going to lead to you having uh, just more self-confidence, which is, you know, which again is going to be related to your life that maybe you're going to start making, you know, like those decisions you are pushing on the side so for me it's again creating the safe environment for everyone right you're dealing with the pain 
let's take care of that, right? Let's try to create an environment for you. You're not going to feel pain that you could be still able to do the high intensity things that you're going to still enjoy the training, right? You are, for example, very unsecured. So mm. again, I'll try to, you know, bring as much security to, to the training so you can, you know, you can enjoy it. But also on the other side, I'm going to call all your bullshits out. Because <laughs> people, you know, like people are, I think it's related to the security sometimes. Okay. People are very insecure and it's like, no, I will not put another plate because no, just, I'm like, just do it. Of course, like I need to know you, right? So yeah. if I see that you're already struggling, I'm not going to put more on that because it's not about showing that you really can is about giving you a win yeah and for me it's based on uh, again nervous system so if you are pushing your sled completely in flight yeah. and you're gonna finish it and it was super heavy that's not a win yeah. because what you're learning is that you're gonna get your win through absolute you know hating something and this is not what I want from people. So mm. I'm trying to teach people that you can, you know, you can get your wins, but actually enjoying the process. It's it, funny when you talk about these like types of feelings in workouts, and I'm just re thinking back to times when I've done a workout and had this feeling and with this result. So like I, I did something, but it crushed me and I had to push really hard and I got the result I wanted at the time I went for the workout, but I was like, that was fucking bullshit. That was like the worst thing. All those times when I've like done really well on the workout and I've got the result I wanted. I was, that was so much fun. I had a really great time. So obviously it's like a, just a different nervous system state that yeah. you're in whilst you're doing that activity. So for me, it's trying to keep you enough flow or, or fight depends on the movement, depends what's, what's the intent behind it. But if you're always constantly, you know, uh, hating doing things, but no, I don't know, you got a PR or anything. You're gonna learn that you only get your wins by doing something it's really yeah. uncomfortable and you hate it. And that's not the life you want to live. It's no. a really hard life. Of course. So yeah, it's not easy, but it's all about those small wins leading to the big win. Nice. So for me, that's why it matters how does it feel for you? Do you feel like you're facing it and pushing with the full confidence and feeling like I can fucking push this motherfucker to the <laughs> end? Or it was like, oh my God, I don't want to do it. It's like, yeah, where's yeah. my mom? I want to stop. It's like, that's a different thing. You're going to end up with the same results. The sled is over the turf. Yeah. But in mothers, what were your thought patterns and the feeling when doing this? And that's, you know, that's a also a big part of the of the strong base for sure i think that's a perfect note to wrap it up on it's been very cool to watch your evolution through this obviously i've been working with you for years and have seen you get into this and it's been really cool to see you lean into this and hear how it's changed and your evolution of it and it's been very interesting to to watch the journey it's very you cool. know finding uh right mentors right um julian and richard so thank you yeah um but then um exploring on your own yeah you're gonna be a better coach if you're gonna have your own understanding on the things and if you'll be able to explain it in on your own own words coming from your own understanding yes 
because I cannot talk the same way as Julian and Richard. Of course. Absolutely. And it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't like if you're regurgitating something that someone else has taught you, you don't understand it. You've got to take something, play with it, understand it, learn it, have your way and then And you then just apply want to be and you know regurgitating someone else. And then test on people. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I know what I do. <laughs> Amazing, Asha. Thank you so much. Thank if you. If people are interested in doing any training, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can just uh, find me in the gym, of course. Of course. They can email me at asha at basefree.ae. And I would say that's it. Amazing. I still have uh, one spot available for um, for six-pack sessions. And I think for this coming Saturday, it's two spots. It's... Th- the best way is just, you know, just get in touch and I'll get you sorted. Amazing. You heard the woman, get in touch. Uh, Ash, thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Ash.